Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers Podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hello, Owl Pellet fans. You have Marshall, Brian, and me, Mike, here to uh, talk a little bit today on a critical conversation. And we're going to spend some time talking about self-care. You know, we're, we're living and working in uncertain times and everybody's environment looks a little bit different. And I'm sure we're scratching our heads wondering if uh, we're in this alone or if uh, there's other people that are dealing with the same thing. So we want to spend a little bit of time today talking about uh, self-care and, and dealing with uh, life in this uh, COVID environment that we have uh, starting this fall term and fall semester with students. So let's talk a little bit about uh, self-care and managing life. Um, you know, I think all of us are dealing with those situations, even with us on campus. Well, I think the big thing, to re- just for people to realize, this is not normal. This is this is crazy time, and and one of the things, you know, and and the problem is, I got sucked down the Facebook rabbit hole a little bit last night, just when I was watching some baseball. And this one guy was going on about how often he's hurt. I don't know this last, you know, this start of the school year and how awful that is. And nobody knows anything. I'm like, yeah, that's the way it is. Nobody knows anything. Administrators don't know anything. You as the teacher don't know anything with for your students. The parents of the kids don't know anything. And it's like, and that's okay right now. <laughs> and I think how do we how do we become how do we become okay with that? I think it's part of the big the big issue here. Yeah, being com- uncomfortable and and feeling comfortable being uncomfortable is kind of that big challenge right now for a lot of us. Well, I think it's like a lot of times we have conversations about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but typically those are always referring to students. And it's always this sense of like, if your students are hungry in your classroom, then that's like a brick wall between you and them. No matter how good your instruction is, it's not going to land. And, you know, even all the way to, you know, as a teacher, if there's a fight that's being planned and if you're a, you can tell with your students, like they're not paying attention because they're thinking about the fight that's supposed to occur, occur at lunch. And you can tell that you're not connecting with them, but now it's really the time, the tables have turned. And so now a lot of the students, quite frankly, they have their own obvious stresses, but When you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it might be the first time in my career where the teachers may be the real issue of the needs not being met. Just because, you know, teachers right now have the responsibility of their greenhouses. They have the responsibility of um, their family. They may be asked to be at school, but their own children are at home in virtual learning. They may have mothers or parents or grandparents or spouses that are vulnerable and they're worried that they're going to bring this terrible virus home to someone vulnerable. You have teachers that are having to decide, do I do my job as a great ag teacher or do I protect my health? And they have to decide between those two things. And all of those are Maslow's base level needs of safety and connectedness. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, how do we break down those Maslow's hierarchy of needs? If there's not self-care, you're not going to be effective with students. If your mind and your emotions are all wrapped up in not wanting to, you know, really have a bad outcome on your spouse or your parents who might be vulnerable. So 
it's really kind of flipped Maslow's on its head where it's the students are actually, you know, probably doing all right. <laughs> yeah. But the teachers have a lot going on. I think one of those amazing things that uh, I think we're talking about some things that we've never really talked about before. And it's not that it hasn't been taking place even pre-COVID, uh, but, you know, dealing with uh, life at home and the family challenges and the health issues that that uh, teachers face and trying to manage, um, you know, kids or significant others uh, throughout that whole process, all of a sudden that's kind of just kind of come to light a lot more than maybe it had in the past. And uh, um, we got to be careful and it's pretty easy for us to assume everybody's in kind of the same boat or the same situation. And I think this is a good time to um, give a lot of grace and accept a lot of grace and and know that uh, you know things aren't going to be perfect in the classroom, and we're juggling a, a ton of different things. And and just knowing that uh, it's okay just to be able to meet the minimums when it comes to student learning outcomes and student experiences and all those kind of things, so that uh, um, you know learning's still occurring, but um, it's not going to be as robust as what it may be in in a face to face situation. Well, it's interesting. You know, it makes me think of a lot of um, Haley's research that we've talked about a lot, just about teachers and their life and how they take care of themselves. And, you know, a lot of her research talks about there's all these elements of our job that we have reified. And all of us laughed because none of us knew what reification meant. But now, you know, I think we all kind of know that reification is when we make something, something. So the idea that we've got a, you know, a good FFA chapter is always going to be a three-star chapter. We've reified that. Or a good FFA chapter has to take a large group of your, you have to have a large delegation at the speaking contest or all these things that we've said um, are important. But, you know, the world is asking us, looking at her research, the world is asking us, you know, there are so many things in our world that we're realizing we were way too, that, that, that we needed that we shouldn't be needing. You know, a lot of people are saying sports, we've realized how addicted we are to sports for our joy and our happiness and our fulfillment. We need to watch our sports and I think COVID has kind of taught us all to get back to the basics and how can we interact with our families and how can we do things at a basic level and how can we spend less time watching TV and more time with my kids being engaged in different ways. And I think in some ways, perhaps that could happen in ag education too. You know, when resources are limited and we have to dial back, a teacher can't continue to do what they've done in the past given the new circumstances. So if you think you're going to continue to do all the things and be all the awesomeness that you were before COVID in the middle of a pandemic, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And so, you know, it may ask, it may force us to really ask like, what is at the base, the most important and what's the most important, which hasn't been the focus in a long time is building kids helping them think about how they could be a part of the food, fiber, and natural resource system, looking at their outside world and thinking about their interaction with it. 
So, you know, it may force us just like it does me and football or me and missing March madness. Um, ag teachers may have to really be, you know, they give themselves that grace that, you know, what is the most important in a time where we have to scale back because of limitations? What is it that we can't let go of? And it's probably not winning a plaque. It's probably building young kids and preparing them for a life or a job in ag. Well, right before you started talking, Marshall, I wrote down, I think we're trying to ask the question, what is success? And that whole thing you're talking about, we've reified those things about, and we, you know, in BC times before COVID, we, we kind of made this, this decision of what was a successful ag teacher, what was a success as an ag program to do that. And I think now we're having some folks that were very successful. You're in the middle of this situation where everything has changed. And they're like, I don't know how to feel successful anymore because I can't go and have all these teams. I can't go and have 14 field trips and, you know, all the other things that you're trying to do. And I, I you know, we were joking there and, and I think Mike said it very well at the beginning. How do we become comfortable with the uncomfortable because, and really seeing some sort of control because I know there's been times when everything else in life is going crazy. Sometimes work and teaching were the things that I kind of had control over. And, I, and that was the, that was my safe point to kind of to ground me. And now that is such a mess and it's not, it's not lost on me. I mean, we're a podcast to talk about research and right now there's so many things happening in the school system that because they have to principals and school boards and state boards of education are having to just make decisions because there's no research on it. And you got teachers in here that are trying to teach face-to-face -face kids while they got kids online as well at the same time. And sometimes it's just online and sometimes it's just that. The other thing, it's all over the place. And I think as teachers have to feel, find new ways to see success and professional fulfillment that we may find are actually maybe more fulfilling and, and more core than what we talked about before. I think that's the big, the big challenge. And as I, you know, I, I always try to find the positive and think about being a little bit futuristic and everybody will say, well, this is an opportunity for rethinking. And I think that's that chance for us to really kind of strip down and get away from all the noise and distractions and things that are kind of clouding and making these, these beasts of programs that we have. And, and when the time is right, and, and I think this is really, um, individual dependent, um, thinking about how you, how you rebuild and, and, and pivot your, your program a bit to, to really focus on those, those success pieces that you are. And some people are going to be in a situation where they're going to thrive and they're going to do well, and they're going to be take and be creative and innovative in their programs right now through the very early stages and middle stages of this. And other people are just going to be in survival mode. So, and, and, further down the line when you start coming out of this and you feel a little bit more comfortable with all the change, it's like, okay, this is a better time for me to think about being innovative and creative. And, and, and I had to take a step back and just do the things that I needed to, to, um, to survive at, at, at this given point. And, and I think it's okay uh, for all of us, no matter what stage we're in to really think about not only that survival mode, but okay, after I got my feet under me and I'm kind of coming out of this survival mode, how can I reinvent and, and re and do things uh, a little bit better and, and, and more creative? 
because this is a huge disruptive uh, process that we're going through with COVID. And, and a lot of times changes uh, do happen because of this disruption that we're having. If, if, if we weren't in COVID times and if we were to rewind uh, from September of 2019 to September of 2020, we would have been on autopilot. Everybody would have been doing the exact same things the, exactly the way they've done them in the past. And because we've done it the same way, we're going to continue to do that same way. And then all of a sudden we have this disruption and, and we're able to kind of stop and rethink and maybe retool a little bit about how we go through that process. But it doesn't have to happen have to happen overnight and it certainly doesn't have have to happen now for everybody depending on what is going on in your total life not only your teaching life but uh, your personal life as well so based on what we know there's been a lot of research lately on teacher health teacher well-being um based on what we've seen from the literature what would be our big takeaways like if you know if if you're listening to this and you're an ag teacher i think the first one that comes to my mind is you've got to put healthy boundaries up and create healthy expectations so i mean that would be my first thing is people i see it all the time people say oh well you could do it live and virtual and you know if you don't mind going ahead and taking care of the greenhouse and well, why don't, you know, I think sometimes we forget that there's a tendency for people to just think that a teacher's FTE is endless. Right. And so I think it's important for ag teachers to communicate and set boundaries prior. Um, my wife and I have talked about, we are not as productive as we were before COVID. We just aren't. Um, from eight in the morning until two in the afternoon, we are actively involved in our child's education. And so you, people just have to know, and you know, my wife, she's a vice president at a nonprofit here in town. And as the vice president, she's made it a point to go home and to work from home and to block off pieces of her calendar because she's having to, you know, instruct our kids because she's trying to just make sure that people are aware and understanding that we can't expect to get as much done right now as we did prior to COVID. You can't forget, um, you know, we've got to make sure that we're sharing the message that there are extra burdens right now that are more than what we had before. So I think for me, the first thing would be to set healthy boundaries. Um, don't don't try to don't try to take on all the tasks given the additional boundaries instead try to prioritize what you can get done in the amount of time you've allowed yourself to give your job and i know that sounds like oh sure of course but i really do think that's an important part of self care is saying this is the amount of time and so this is how i prioritize what we will and will not do um and some of that's radical, you know, some of that is reducing some big things that maybe have happened for a long time. So that would be my first one is put up some good time boundaries. And I think that's, that's great, Marshall, and something really, really important. And now one thing that I find is you talk about taking things off the plate a little bit. 
I'm going to talk about what I think is a second one is maybe putting something on the plate, actually, to, to actually be thinking about doing something extra. And that's part about this idea of connectiveness. Because before COVID, we kind of had these connections you made and didn't even know about this kind of naturally happened. And I think right now, what I'm finding is you really have to be much more intentional about staying connected to people. And over the last couple of weeks, it was just kind of interesting. Things kept popping up and I finally did some more reading on it on just the power and the clear connection between loneliness and health and not just mental health, physical health. And and, and how, I mean, it was quite shocking and damning between the, the connection between those two and, and how important it is that as, as the teachers go out, as we are working to, to reach out and make those connections with people that may have naturally happened, that may be text messages or phone calls or Zoom happy hours or whatever else it might be to do that sort of thing. And we, we say, oh, that's extra stuff to do. That's just fun. But man, that it's adding something, but it's, I think it's also part of yours of, of having those healthy boundaries where you've got to do that to stay connected. Cause if you don't, it is, it is severely detrimental. And, and I think all of us, myself included, know that from experience, but also seeing the, the research on that was, was pretty clear. I think a third, third one that really ties probably both of the points together. And, and uh, this is a, a point that we pride ourselves on as uh, ag teachers and, and certainly um, we can't forget at this stage of, uh, of dealing with COVID and it's don't reinvent the wheel um, and continuing to share with one another those new and creative or ideas or suggestions that you're doing to get through the day-to-day life of a teacher and, you know, trying to uh, teach simultaneously and face-to-face and online and then having that same class on Thursday flip and you got the other students face-to-face and the other ones online and how do I manage that and and on, I feel like a failure. Well, you know, use use your mentors, use your coaches, use your networks that you have that uh, can really kind of support and give you some ideas and subject subject suggestions but also just to say hey i'm struggling too and it's okay to to have those conversations that you're struggling but but i think uh, you know not reinventing the wheel and 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 finding out what other people are doing that are creative and and tapping into those creative minds that are your colleagues and friends and your mentors and and uh, fellow teachers uh, throughout the not only the state but throughout the country through the networks that we have and I would say another thing I was thinking is you're not the only one dealing with the changing landscape. And so national FFA is adjusting and your state is adjusting and everyone is adjusting. So I think part of this is as a teacher, perhaps don't, you know, don't get your head down thinking what used to be really pick your head up because I've been incredibly surprised by, you know, I was really down and kind of upset that like for the national officers and for all our students, we weren't going to have a national convention and we're not having the parliamentary procedure contest, which I'm on the committee for. And I was bummed about that. Like, man, everything is just sucks. And then I saw they are putting on the national convention in a way that more people can attend the national convention than ever before. And then I saw the way that they're trying to infuse kind of the blue room concept with the national convention. And I started thinking, man, this is a really cool time 
it's exciting. So there is some excitement and you don't have to haul kids to Indianapolis. You don't have to go get on a plane. You don't have to do room checks. You don't have to leave your family from the comfort of your home, because that's the way the world is now from the comfort of your home. You can take your entire chapter to the national FFA convention. And instead of having to prepare for the national parliamentary procedure contest, the focus we as a committee, we're not hosting a contest, we're hosting learning modules. So instead of a contest, a contest, we're offering these workshops from our committee that actually would help you teach without having to prepare the material. So there's so much out there right now that is that is actually could buy you some time and allow you to be with your family more than you have before. So thinking about how to take advantage of those to kind of win yourself some of your time back. I think those are all great uh, points that uh, we've shared today and, and, uh, and, and finding that time and, and having that grace, not only for yourself, but for others, I think are all important elements and pieces. And, and, and we're all in new territory and we got more questions than we have answers. And, and there's support systems out there uh, for those that really struggle with uh, living in a world of uncertainty. And, and certainly there's others of us that thrive in that. And, and we need to kind of share and celebrate those things and look forward to having those conversations about uh, um, what's important and what are our core values and, and kind of rebuilding around those as we uh, transition through and, and out of uh, COVID uh, pandemic as we as we go through that process. So um, teachers, we know it's difficult. We know everybody is experiencing this whole situation in a completely different uh, frame than the, than the school district next to us. And we're here, we understand your pain and, and your challenges. And, uh, and we know that this self-care and, and is really important. And we really hope that you guys really take uh, uh, that into consideration and really take care of yourselves and your families and, and your students as we go through this situation. So um, know that we're with you and uh, have a continue to have a great semester. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.